to me. Live from the Twin Cities, we are the Daves you know. This is the Daves I know. You want me to be that type of dude, and I want to be who you like me to, but we both know I can't do nothing at all. Welcome to episode 251. Holy fuck, again. I say that every week, but it's still amazing that we've done this. I've done this 251 times, uh, plus more with all the watch parties and some of the stuff that's not episode numbered. I've probably done 300 podcasts in my in my existence. And about four of them were great. Uh, I, I just, <laughs> there's, a solid, there's a solid baker's dozen that were really good. Um, Come on, Jess. Every episode with you, me, and and David has been great. What are you talking about? Yeah, that's right. Thank God you're back. All is right in the world. <laughs> we have the regular uh, Motley crew together. Um, MJ, how uh, how was your week off? I know you're visit. I know it's probably stressful visiting family and everything, but you know, uh, it was only stressful in the sense that uh, my family uh, likes to do a lot of outdoor things, and mosquitoes uh, lo- mosquitoes <laughs> love me, and so I like a balance. You know, like for every for every lake thing that we do, I want to go to an art museum or, you At know. At least two. Good <laughs> yeah. Lord. And, and for every, you know, time that we spend out playing ladder golf, you know, I want to watch a movie or something. You know, it's just, it's not that I'm only an indoor person. It's just that I want balance so that I don't get eaten alive. Well, nature is definitely intends to kill you at all times. So um, yeah. I'm with you. Jess, how was your weekend? I know uh, after we were talking off mic and you had you slept a lot. So um, Yeah, I remained comatose for about 46 of the 48 hours uh, over the weekend. And I have to say that I, I definitely need to catch up on sleep most weekends. That's probably not going to change anytime soon. But the answer is not sleeping 46 of 48 hours because Monday morning feels... Even worse <laughs> if you didn't experience Saturday or Sunday morning. So, note to all of you that like to hibernate, like <laughs> myself, don't take it too far. There is a max. That reminds me of like the when I was working at the uh, independent years and years and years ago. <clears throat> oh yeah, we'd get we'd I'd be done. So I'd work like the weekend. I'd be done with my shift on Sunday. Like I'd work the Sunday. I'd work. I'd close the kitchen Saturday night, be back at like seven o'clock the next morning for brunch. I'd be done at like two and then I would just do, we would, we would just get fucking annihilated for like yeah, cause you're thir- like 36 happy. hours. And then, yeah, and we do a bunch of cocaine. I'd be up for like three days straight. And then like Wednesday would roll around and be like, Oh shit, I have to like sleep. And I would sleep for 24 hours to try yeah. and get caught up uh, for my Thursday, Thursday night shift. So I, I am not, uh, my body's not going to do that. No, no, no. Trust Red me. Bowl. My body can't do that anymore. And it hasn't for a long time, but yeah. it was just, it still it was like, I, I, I remember those days fondly, but I also can vaguely remember like just feeling like shit yeah, all like, Thursday, Friday. Always, like what day is it? By Saturday, my body had finally found an equilibrium, and then I was like, "All right, well, let's fuck it up let's, again. Let's do it all again." So, I was not smart uh, in those younger younger days. Yeah, in in college, I I discovered uh, a very okay. pow- powerful drug, and that drug was caffeine. Yeah, and uh, yeah. yeah. 
I, I discovered cocaine, so. <laughs> you know, all right. stimulants. As, as you would. Um, all right. We have a pretty packed agenda, and we have a hard out here because we uh, we're at the, actually at the Blackheart. Uh, we have live. A, we have a very. We, we just and I teased it last week, but uh, I think we're going to announce it right now. We are <gasps> oh, going to have. Oh, you say so, so now we can well, because announce I, because it. Well, because I want because I want people to know that's going to be happening, so they can okay. send us questions and things. I didn't want to tease it too far out. All oh, right, all right. But, Don't um, blow your wad. Assuming assuming nothing changes, uh, next week we are going to have the Loons Legend. The one. The NASL Legend. Um, the only. San Antonio Legend, uh, Pablo Campos. We'll be joining the podcast. I don't remember any of his cheers, but I wish I did right now. We'll figure. We'll figure it out. Um, so if you have any, so if you have any questions for Pablo, uh, please don't hesitate to reach out. We're actually gonna. I think we're probably gonna be in personal. I, I told him I'd buy him a beer if he can't sat down at the podcast. So. You guys asked me far in advance if six o'clock at the Blackheart in person for Pablo was possible, and I said hell yes, and it has been on my agenda ever since. So there you go. So if you want to dip out uh, from work or whatever, your kids, and want to come hang out and, uh, the and you know, and fangirl ch- ch- or boy. Chat with Pablo after we get done recording, um, by all means. But yeah, we'll be at the Blackheart at 6 p.m. on next Monday. And if anything changes, obviously make sure to, to post it in our uh, social media accounts as well. So we don't want people, I mean, show up at the Blackheart and buy beer anyways. But, um, but yeah, we'll be joined by Pablo Campos, which would be a very, I think, be a very fun, exciting conversation. I bet if you brought something you wanted him to autograph, as I hope to remember to do myself, he would probably be cool with that. I can't say for certain. I haven't asked him. This is a non-publicized you know, <laughs> publicized event, uh, except for one week in advance, publicized maybe a little to our 12 listeners. 1,200? I don't know. We don't have 1,200. Anyways, um, he, by all means, he bring is it. one of the most fan-engaged, down-to-earth guys off the pitch that you will meet. I've yeah. never met him, so yeah. I don't it's know. Very, very exciting. So that's, we have that to look forward to. So mark your calendars. If you can't make it, if you can't make it, send any of questions or anything. Please send those to to us either uh, email or to the the Twitter handle. That would work great. And so. if you have a, a someone specific that you want to ask said question or not ask said question, okay. we're open to that as well. <laughs> okay. Uh, all right. I don't know. I, I just think sometimes I have a question speaker voice in mind. <laughs> All right. Well, Jess is delusional. No, I'm kidding. Duh. <laughs> Jess is super stressed uh, all right. and admittedly delusional. What day is it? All right. So we have some stuff to talk about. Um, before we jump to the game uh, on Friday, um, Friday morning, actually, uh, the in-house broadcast team announced their intent to unionize. Uh, they put out a press release. They started a Twitter account. They are um, organizing with the IATSE uh, 745, which I believe is the International Association of Theater and Sound workers mm, so be, yeah. it's something like that it's so they, they do a lot of the of the stuff like the what's the, the in-house broadcast Fitzgerald team? theater um, so the in-house broadcast team is the one who control the cameras for, every, United. Every, for United so everything you see on the big screen all the graphics everything like that that is from the in-house broadcasting team mm-hmm. a lot of them have been there for the entirety of, of Minnesota United's MLS run in, in 2017 mm-hmm. um, going from NSC over to TCF and then over to uh, Allianz Field. They, feel threatened? they put out a. I would highly encourage people to check out the press release they put out, as well as they they've had some tweets. Um, we'll talk about one thing in a second, but basically they're they have um, identified that they don't have great working conditions. That mm-hmm. they have to lug cameras up and down the Wonderwall, and we've all been in the Wonderwall. It's it can be pretty steep, and especially sure. if it's after a game, you know, there's garbage and trash and spilt beer and things like that. They're lugging. If it's if it's if it rained at all, they have to lug cameras up and down. They're not they're not like cameras. It's not like the cameras that no, we have no, on our phones. I, I'm not asking for their 
so so that's part of it. Part of it is they haven't, uh, according to some of the workers there, they haven't had a raise since 2017. Oh, shit. Uh, originally, you the, fucking kidding me? <laughs> the team misclassified them originally as contract employees, and the Department of Revenue had to come in and say, actually, these are team employees and not contract yeah. and not independent contractors. So they've and they've reached out to the team several times, according to that. This is, again, according to the press release into an right. interview that one of the uh, workers did on Fox 9 um, on Friday. They've reached out to the team. They've tried to resolve their issues with pay and, and safety and things like that without uh, having to go the union route. But uh, every clearly the team has not. <laughs> well, yeah, but that's so I'm just counterbalanced because I am not a blanket union. plus person. Necessary. But I, I don't. There, there's no reason. But in this case. I definitely agree. Yeah, there's no reason to, to believe that they haven't done that because mo- that's part of the that's part of the deal when you are organizing a union. You do need to, um, and you and it behooves everybody to, to at least have that conversation <sighs> beforehand, so you're not. There's so, still uh, rules around that conversation. Yep, exactly. So the uh, they asked the team to voluntarily recognize the union. Mm-hmm. Um, I will say the Wonderwall, um, of which I'm now on the board, put out a, a statement that in support of the of the workers, sure. um, all the supporter groups have co-signed that Wonderwall statement. Um, personally, I'm very much a pro-union person, except for the uh, police union and for the interns, uh, the Daves I know. Those <laughs> motherfuckers cannot unionize. Um, if we ever have one. Hey, we have a, we have, we have interns. Don't worry. Um, oh. You just haven't seen secret, them. because uh, Yeah, secret, se- secret interns. secret interns. <clears throat> I love it. So anyways, um, it... It, there's lots of lots of great uh, press about it, and the, unfortunately, the team uh, Sherry Ballard came out with a letter, oh, no. um, basically signaling their the Minnesota United's intent to to bust the union. Yeah, um, is and Sherry not, the new Inchi? She's the new no. She's the new CEO. She's the new Chris Wright. No, I know, but I mean, is she going to be my new Inchi? I I don't know. Hopefully I had not. Such great hopes. And I don't know. She has this dashed is... everyone except for the fact that until now, until this statement the busting statement she hadn't really done any stating of anything at all <laughs> and that was better yeah that's shut, uh that's kind shut of the, back up sherry that's forget ki- i asked that's kind of the point i don't know from people that i've talked to uh who know her from like what her work at best buy she was very she, she came was, with high praise she was well respected very I high praise ready. again um they were not unionizing at best buy so she wasn't able to bust unions there so maybe busting makes them feel good as the ghostbusters hey, used to say I, I come from a family-run business so that's not great news, um, but the uh, if you want to check out the statements, um, it's the MNUFC Union on Twitter is the Twitter handle for uh, for the workers. They have a bunch of they have they have their, their press release on there, some media that they've gotten. Um, you can check out. You can see the I letter that Sherry Sherry sent. Um, so yeah, so I mean, great news that they want to unionize, that they're trying to get involved uh, and and make it you know make their workplace better more safe and yep. uh, and a living wage um which is fan fucking tastic it sucks important. it sucks that the team um this would have been an easy slam dunk win for the team if they had just voluntarily recognized the union uh considering all the stuff that the team has put the fans through the over the course of the last couple years i think it would be also the easy yeah answer. it would be very easy um i i can't imagine that this is going to make or break minnesota united however you know, the other thing, too, is, is you got to consider this is not just I mean, MLS and Minnesota United is actually Minnesota United is actually owned technically by MLS. So this might also be a, a diktat from from the top, from from Dan Grabber himself, that they're not going to they're going to try to avoid letting people unionize in stadiums. So right. it's Probably not necessarily all potentially because I th- when you said in-house broadcasting, I thought you meant um, our 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 Kendra and. 
I forget. McCollum. Column. Yeah, no, not those. It's it's the um yeah, the, the audio video, yeah, audio video team. Okay. So they the, put this stuff up on the big board that you right. see. Yeah. No, we we yeah. now I know what they are. So yeah, so it's this also very well could be something that's coming down from MLS headquarters in New York too. So um but and Minnesota clearly should have made, you know, a better better judgment here and done some more back of the Recognize cocktail back earlier. of the cocktail napkin math that this would have been a, a huge slam dunk win with the supporters but i'm not they're, they're, the they're just office. making it worse now it's not and like and the mls players association has come out with a statement in in support of this union so yeah um that was recent too um they hadn't made it before uh the weekend but yeah that's that's great so the it, you know the one of the things that the team put out or that the the uh, in video broadcasters put out is a statement basically saying like people take the train to the station to the stadium that's union that's union folks the people who built the stadium were union, union folks or contractors why why you know can't they unionize so <clears throat> we want we don't have to spend more than any more time talking about union stuff if you uh want to engage with this on on twitter by all we means we welcome it yeah um there's some great threads out there. Uh, Shea Freeberg, who's actually running for state Senate. He's a union organizer. Um, he's got some great stuff on his, uh, his Twitter feed. He's actually running in, the, in my neighborhood just on the other side of university from the stadium. So um, he's also a wealth of knowledge on, on this sort of stuff too. So uh, by all means, reach out. Um, and uh, please, if you support this, uh, reach out to your ticket rep <clears throat> or any, anybody you know in the front office at, at Minnesota United. Um, this is something the Wonderwall asked. To be, please be respectful. Right, you don't want we don't want to curse those people. They're they're not making yeah. decisions on this. I sent a very nice email to um to my ticket rep. Uh, she responded. Um, obviously, she couldn't speak for the team, but she you know also said that she hopes the team does what's right too. So I'm taking that to mean a good sign. But she said she would run it up the run it up the ladder. So I, if the more people we the more people we tell the front office that we want this, we we that we think this is uh, important for for the team, um, for the supporters, for all the fans attending the much more likely it will be to not be as less contentious. It's going to be contentious regardless now at this point. Like there's nothing we can do to change that, but it could be less contentious because the team can recognize the union at any time. They don't have to go to the, right. they don't have it to go to a have vote. To come to dire straits. And wear red on Wednesday. Yes. If you're going to the game on Wednesday, wear red. That's a, yeah, another ask of the, of the union. So <clears throat> in support of the, in support of the, the union workers. Yeah. Audio. Then, in-house broadcasting team. Thank you. <laughs> All right. Well, let's talk about actual soccer. Uh, Minnesota United played a rare Friday night game away to Vancouver. This was a late start. I think 930 Too was the kickoff. Me. Yeah. I I was already on my way to 46 <laughs> out of 48 hours of sleep. Literally, um, even it was so late that Blackheart didn't even didn't have the game on because they had karaoke and a drag show. I think it was drag or burlesque, but they had a, you know, a pretty big show on, on Friday night, and then they had their karaoke, so I ended up actually watching this uh, at the Buffalo Wild Wings on Snelling there. Oh, no! With Jens. Me and Jens sat at the bar and, and uh, uh, drank waters, and, and well, I drank water and watched, watched soccer for, for an hour, two hours. Oh, my so. God. That's Good times. Point. Anyways, uh, Vancouver Whitecaps won, Minnesota United 3. MJ, did you get a chance to watch this game? I watched uh, – I, I got a chance to watch this game – at, at my own place, of all places. Cool. Um, so as we, uh, as we mentioned in the podcast last week, very briefly, um, Vancouver came out with a 3-4-1-2. Minnesota wrote out the same lineup with Robin Lude, again, next to Will Trapp. Um, not much happened in the first half. This was a, a pretty, pretty dire first half. Both teams trying to feel each other out. A couple of interesting 
opportunities for both teams. I think the the best opportunity was in the I think the 44th or 45th minute when Will Trap um, took a, a the Minnesota was was pressing uh, the D- Vancouver defense in the box. Will Trap took a, a rocket of a shot and uh, that was saved by Cody Cropper. He spilled it and Fragapane was just sort of standing there, not ready to pounce yeah. on a rebound whatsoever. So uh, Vancouver was able to clear it. So that was a really the only chance for both teams. That was a- uh, Ray. Ray fed Shawnee. Uh, uh, oh, right, on, yeah. on, on, that, on that breakaway, and then of course. He just shanks the thing, yeah. Like, you know, not all the way to Mars, let's say, <laughs> but we, it was very high. It, w- it was like David Zeller on, you know, edibles high. <laughs> uh, Jess, yeah. covering Portland playoffs high. There we go. Yeah, Longwane looked really good. Actually, in the first half, uh, he was probably the only one of the Minnesota United players who actually looked pretty decent in the first half. So. Anyways, we go into halftime, 0-0. Um, and again, we come out in the second half. Minnesota was back at it again in the uh, 59th minute. Reynoso, um, from an, an insanely impossible angle, puts one off the face of the crossbar. Oh. How that ball did not oh. go into the net, I have no idea. Um, he was Physics, kind of, Yeah, David. pretty Th- much. Physics. Just, uh, I know you didn't, you didn't want to be able to catch this game, but he was on. He, he made a couple deke moves. He was running towards the, the, the end line. Um, and he shoots it, and he shoots it. He's probably what, like, three yards from the from the end line, and he shoots it at such a weird angle. There was probably like this much of the goal to shoot at, and he hits the crossbar, and it it should have like if, if he hits it just just an inch lower, it, it goes in the yeah. back of the net. It, it, was it definitely great. hit, the, you know, the crossbar in a way that you're like, How? man, not square and not so it pops up, but it it went down, so it didn't miss by much. It goes down. Oh, and it hit it just. And like it went under. down, and it went, almost went straight down too. From, yeah, it, yeah. From was, you have to watch if you haven't watched this, uh, listeners. If you haven't lost, watched this, this highlight, go check it out because it is it's fucking amazing. <laughs> I'm not 100 sure how he did it. It's a beautiful play because you know when that goal does go in, it makes you appreciate it that much more because it is so rare. It's it's from a very difficult angle. Yeah. Uh, so in the 63rd minute, uh, Lucas Cavallini, he comes on. He did not start. He's uh, uh, one of Vancouver's DPs. Uh, he comes on in the 63rd minute. Three minutes later, of course, Vancouver uh, goes up one to nothing. Cavallini's uh, good. Yeah, Cavallini's very good. There was a, a cross <laughs> from uh, the Scottish uh, attacker, Gauld. Um, he, he crosses the ball. Michael Boxer goes up for it, just barely misses it. And then Cavallini, just with a wide-open net, puts a header on and, and bounces it back into the back of the net um, to give Vancouver the one nothing lead. And what seemed like momentum for the game, they were starting to uh, play pretty play a lot better. Not not great, by all means, but play a lot better. They had um, in a, also previously, they had, I think, in their last four games, had won three and, or won, won three and drawn one or something like that. I think they were, uh, yeah. So they were felt like the momentum was, was with uh, Vancouver at that point. Boxall should not have gone for that header, and here's why. He was the only one on the weak side. Now, I don't know where Kamar Lawrence was. And I don't know where Will Trapp was. But the important thing here is that if you're the only one on the weak side and there's was Cavallini and one other attacker in that neighborhood, you probably need to make sure that you're helping your goalkeeper out block lanes, not... You know, go for that header. Yeah. He didn't miss by much. No, so I, I don't know where DJ Taylor was. DJ, DJ Taylor was nowhere in the screen. Sorry, not Kamar Lawrence. DJ right. Taylor. Thank you. <clears throat> He's got to help him out too, and, and just let him know that he should that he let it go and and, and step to the step to the I, ball. But I feel like it's kindergarten again, and I'm getting my left and right mixed up. <laughs> I'm so sorry. That's all right. Uh, I still do. <laughs> I have to think about it every time. 
But speaking of Kamar Lawrence, uh, not five minutes later. So Hayes comes on for Robin Lude in the 67th minute. Um, Lude had gotten an early, uh, <clears throat> an early yellow card in like the 23rd or 24th minute. Um, so hand Corey, to the face. Mm, Jorge it, was, it, was, it, it, it was. I think it was Dahomey, and Dahomey dives like yeah. no other. And it was a hand to the face, though, so the ref had to call yep. it. Yep. 71st minute, uh, Kamar Lawrence gets a goal. Speaking of Taylor and Kamar Lawrence, um, Reynoso um, cycles the ball, passes it, uh, takes a couple of really great steps to get his defender's feet moving, lays it off for DJ Taylor, who was a great cross to the to the uh, back post, and Kamar Lawrence just one-times it and just volleys it in um, off of his left foot and right past Cody Cropper's right foot. And I just had a note as a goalkeeper that Cropper was basically doing the splits when like game by the time that goal went in. So uh, Cody Cropper, um, very flexible apparently. He wasn't the only one that uh, was having problems with his body. That those little faint steps that uh, Reynoso did, cutting middle, basically when he pulled back to feed DJ Taylor, Ryan Raposo just broke down. Mm-hmm. And you talk about breaking ankles, like. He, it's not like you're literally breaking. He, he had to go down to the pitch because he was so wrong-footed and turned around by Reynoso's cleverness. So, uh, Raposo, you are no Reynoso. <laughs> and, uh, <clears throat> and DJ Taylor um, had, pl- just had all the time in the day to, to tee up that cross, too, that was, which is part of Reynoso breaking, breaking ankles. And the one touch by, by Lawrence. Right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, all right, in the 82nd minute, O'Neill Fisher comes on for Kamar Lawrence. Kamar Lawrence, actually, <clears throat> all things considered, uh, he they didn't think he was going to play in this game. He'd been suffering from, uh, f- he'd been like basically throwing up for the last like two and a half days <clears throat> from flu flu symptoms. Uh, so even on the morning of, like Keith got a call from the trainer saying that Kamar Lawrence is good to go. They were not planning on having him available for the game. So the dude played really well. He played really great in the first half uh, playing defense as well, too. So, so in the 82nd minute, O'Neill Fisher comes on for Kamar Lawrence. Uh, in the 84th minute, uh, Luis Amaria um, with the with the goal, giving Minnesota a 2-1 lead. There was a turnover in midfield. Um, Ja'Cory Hayes, who had just come on a few you know, a few minutes earlier, uh, passes the ball um, to I believe passes it to she passes straight to Amaria. Yeah, passes straight, passes yeah, straight yeah. to Amaria, who basically runs at um, the defense. Uh, defense is tracking back, um, and Amaria just lets a cork like a corkscrew of a shot um or knuckleball of a shot really it wasn't even corkscrew because it was yeah, it yeah. wasn't really moving at all hard to track yeah a top top left corner um you know i think definitely a, a you know goal of the week caliber type goal you know you could definitely put it up there and just to see him smile was uh was amazing so um amaria finally taking a shot I, unfortunately outside the box which is like great and those are, those are not high quality shots obviously most of the time but when you uh when you hit it like amaria did it's it, it's going to go in um, a lot more than it normally would. So, Aww. yeah. And what surprised me was a lot of the times you hear me complaining about Loon's players attacking with the ball and they're being looted. Meaning, and what I mean by that is just like Robin Lude when he was on the left wing, no one or Thomas Chacon when he's on the left wing, no one is supporting you. No, no one is cutting for you and helping you attack. Amaria is gallivanting towards the goal, and he has a bevy of loon. I don't know what's the group of loons a called. A bevy, I like a, a it. Lo- a, a flock of loons joining him. Yeah. And and so you have Fragapane coming down the left. You have Hayes who just passed the ball, almost outrunning Shangwane to get to his right, and then Shangwane is joining too. And 
the, de- the defense is outnumbered, and they have to think, who's he going to pass it to? And I'm not taking anything away from Amaria's goal because it was amazing, but having the goalkeeper and the defense have to worry about other people in the neighborhood is important. And Amaria has, more often than not this year, passed that one off to somebody too. So yeah, <clears throat> having the confidence to take a shot is also hugely important. Sometimes you pass it to nobody. Especially, yes, especially yeah. for a number nine, uh, your striker needs to be confident to be able to take that shot. So um, good on him. Goals change strikers, David. <laughs> Goals oh, fucking they, Callum said it several times in this game that goals change games. And I almost like jumped across the bar to like punch the big screen at the black at the <laughs> Buffalo Wild Wings. Uh, and, and you could do that there. Yeah. Um, I, I had to support you. All right. Finally, in the 88th minute, Minnesota makes it 3-1 with uh, just an absolutely great goal by uh, Fragapane uh, off of a um, goal kick. Well, not even really a goal kick, but a, uh, a punch from Dane St. Clair. Uh, ball is passed back to him. He just hits the shit out of it. Uh Amaria and Almond Cream are both up top with uh, Longwane actually, who was actually offside, but he was on he was in the he was on the far right side. Um, not Amaria, involved. Not involved in the play. Amaria sort of um, shields the d- defender, which allows Fragapani to pick the ball up. Um, his defender goes down, just like loses his, his footing. And then Fragapani is in on goal, and he just basically chips Cody Cropper. It was a brilliant goal. It looked when they when they happened he was like how the fuck is Fragapane and Amaria not both offside and then he showed the replay and the, the, the announcers um, were mentioning that too like he's this, look he's offside by a mile and then after they they showed the replay they're like oh yep yeah, nope the only guy who's offside is the guy who's not involved in the play at all and and that far defender kept him onside not involved it, it's no no, no. It's, it happens all the yeah, time. happens all the time um, all the time it, too <clears> much <throat> in my opinion but he was yeah I mean Long line was nowhere near, no, nowhere no. near where the ball was. So it's yeah, not even. It wasn't even like a, a close. But Frank Payne and and uh, and Amaria both looked well offside when they when the camera finally got to the ball. Oh. But obviously, it's from when the kick, hit kicks the, the ball. The goal, yeah. So which is a long time ago. Yep. So um, it was a beautiful goal by Almond Cream. Uh, great to see him. He played. He's had a string of three pretty good games. Him and um, him and Kamar Lawrence played really well in this game. And I will say, yeah, the last three games, I, I will have to give. Uh, He's been – Frank Payne's been it's kind of shit for a long time. The he's last, been dynamite since Unu left. The last three games he's been well, – even before Unu, but the last three games he's been really good. I think it's uh, – he's finally finding his confidence. Um, maybe he had a, he's had a knock or something for a while, and he just wasn't quite there. But, I yeah, I think, for some I reason, think it's not, it's not fucking Frenchman Unu leaving. Was, it is not. Please stop. Shade. Please stop. Throwing shade. Please stop. We're not we're – not, You need sunlight to grow. <laughs> we're not – I'm not, not necessarily – We're not engaging me. in this discourse, Jess. I'm sorry. This is this is Jess Anon. This is Jess Anon shit, Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. I just manage people. <laughs> uh, all right. Anything so you else? know human interaction. <laughs> you see it I happen. Mean, I, s- I try. I endeavor I, to support my employees' professional development. Do you think Unu speaks any uh, Spanish? Because I'm guessing no, probably I, but not. I do think sometimes when you lose somebody, somebody fills the void because they've been waiting in the wings. Fragapai has been starting. Wings. As a wing, who knew's been not been starting? I just don't. I don't understand okay, the people. Okay, you don't have to. <laughs> Moving on. You're not. You're not, you're, you're not the. DM you're, me if you agree. You're not the only. You're not the only person I'm who's in, speaking Spanglish. Yeah, over here. you're not the only person who's engaging in this discourse, and I just don't. I can't. I can't yeah, abide no, by it. No, so. no, no. Oh, we can't abide by it. Forgive me. <laughs> uh, all right. Anything else? Any other thoughts on the game? I I don't think you'll abide them. Uh, can I just have a brief elegy for Jake Nowinski? Sure. Who's J- he? he was the he was the defender that was 
charged with uh, he was the defender that was charged with guarding Fragapane and man I've never seen someone trip on LSD so badly since probably Ibarra and Ramirez were here I mean or Darwin yeah like just He's there, lazy, stupid defensing. You know, la- lazy, stupid defense is LSD, by the way. And he just oh. he just trips, you know, like... Now, to Fragapane's credit, he went left to right, which causes difficulty for goalkeepers. And when you move horizontally like that, you don't see Fragapane doing that enough. And so, hey, old dogs learn new tricks. I'm all for it. Yep. But, uh, yeah, uh, we're so sorry, Nowinski. Uh, you just aren't that good. Uh, all right, who do you have for Freddie Adu's? I don't, you know, honestly, I don't think there was any um, bad performances in this game. I think I was, I, I want to give it to Kamar Lawrence just because he scored a goal. Um, he played really great defense. Um, I think you could go with either Fragapani or Lawrence. So I'm, let's do this. I'm going to go both of those guys for playing the left hand side as well as they did for this game. Um, both got goals. Um, you know, again, as I mentioned, Fragapani has just been playing lights out for the last last three games. So and then Kamar Lawrence for. Literally um, having a flu game and uh, starting still, so. Incred. So I, I'm going to give uh, also two good Freddie Adus, but my f- two Freddie Adus are DJ Taylor, and I'm also going to give a, a Freddie, good Freddie Adu to Christian Dahomey because he was causing all sorts of problems for the Loons. Um, and as kind of a shout-out to uh, visiting uh, Vancouver fan Ryan, who's probably down in Florida somewhere, but, uh, Ryan, if you listen to the pod, just let you know, I'm sh- giving a shout-out to your guy, Chris Dahomey. Not Ryan Raposo. We don't, we don't, he's not good. Raposo, Ray, no, no. <laughs> uh, all right. So, <clears throat> so that's the, the Minneapolis, or sorry, not Minneapolis, Minnesota and Vancouver match from, um, from Friday night. So, again, those late, late Friday nights. Oh, I also point out, um, uh, is it Andres? Andres Kubas came off at halftime for Vancouver. It's not like he had like a tight hamstring or something. He was kind of all over the field against Minnesota in that first half, causing all kinds of problems. Him coming off, I think, certainly helped Minnesota be able to, you know, they, well, they've you know won three in a row. They've had dramatic drop-offs in the second half of games. They didn't have that this, this game, honestly. They, they came alive in the second half. Even Woo! giving up that first goal, um, it, was, it was kind of like we were supposed to sit in were both sitting there just like, all right, here we go. We're going to give two, and then we're going to lose two to one or something like that. Um, so credit to Minnesota for recovering on that, um, on that original, that first goal. And then uh, just really like, you know, going, going forward, going, going ahead, and then, then putting the boot on the neck with uh, that Fragapane goal. Like, just not giving Vancouver any opportunity to get back in the game. These were huge. Uh, these last uh, three matches have huge six-point matches for Minnesota. Vancouver and L.A. obviously are right around us in the playoffs. RSL is sitting in second or I think they're third or fourth right now. Um, we have a, a series of games coming up against bad teams, and we need to bank a lot of points um, between now and, the end of, points. now and the end of July. So it's a very, very good um, – you know, Minnesota's gotten – you know. Three good results. Progressively better, I think, in each of these last three games, too, right? They've scored nine goals. That LA Galaxy game, they almost fucked it up. RSL, clearly, they, you know, it wasn't great. It was shaky, and they almost fucked it up, but they didn't. And then this game, they, they, for the most part, with the exception of like a 10 minute stretch there, I think Minnesota thoroughly dominated the match. Also, Heath waited until the 86th minute to sub on Coleman for, was it 
Amaria or... I think it was Amaria, yeah. Or Reynoso. <clears throat> okay. One of those two, yeah. So he, he waits till the 86th minute. Not the 70th minute or the 75th minute or the 80th Like, yep. he waits till there's, only, there's less than 10 minutes in the game before he wants the team to shell up by picking, you know, putting that fifth defender back there. Mm. And yep. I, that makes a big difference too. Like, attacking and getting those extra goals for insurance... Hey, I mean, it's an inchy gold star. We don't get those very often. <laughs> we don't. I'm just saying. Ma- I should ma- make a chart. I said with, you know, Fragapane doesn't move horizontally enough. He likes to go right at the net. Like, maybe, you know, inchy, old dog learning yeah. new tricks, too. Uh, so we talked a little bit about this, but uh, our friend uh, Eric Grady uh, at Big Game Grade A27 uh, asked, <clears throat> why does Fragapane, after a very lackluster season, look dangerous again? Is it due to Reynoso's recent improvements, or is he doing something different? Um, we touched a little bit on it. Um, I won't go there again. <laughs> Je- Jess has her theories. I don't. I don't <laughs> think that. I think having Unu not there probably helps a little bit because it's not someone he's fighting for, fighting Say with. Say it again. But Say it again. I don't think it's it's Say any, it anything of consequence. It's not anything of consequence. David it's, it's maybe five percent. I will walk away from here. It's if you maybe five percent. Yourself right now. It, it, I don't think it did not help. Let's put it that way. <laughs> It, there, there's five other reasons that that Paddle he's playing your better. Canoe backwards a little further. There are five reasons other than that that I would put ahead of. But uh, well, now it's within gonna, the range of possibility. Can gonna, I? It's not. It's not, not. It's not zero. Let's put it that way. It's like not. The, it's not zero. But it's it's very. It's, it's very very minuscule. <laughs> so I'm gonna I'm gonna, qu- I'm gonna quote uh, somebody at at a, at a different pod. Uh, my soda soccer boss, Jeremy Rushing, who said with Fragapani, he thinks it's largely between the ears. Yeah. Like that, that it was kind of a, a me- like confidence mental thing. And so he could I- have had a mental block that was Unu? <laughs> um, oh, boy. I, know I think it's literally had baguette on the mind. So, you know. Um, baguette anyway, on the brain. I, 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 do, I would concur that. Monster th- on the mind. That sometimes players get into a funk. You know, whether you want to call it mental health or not, but you get into a funk, and it takes a while to get out of that funk. And As do all professionals. Weird. So, yeah, I think you, to that point, I think that I think the break that Minnesota had, the international break, um, I think that clearly – Yes. I mean, Minnesota, yeah, had lost, what, three in a row and, and had, like, what, like four points of a possible, like, 16 or something like that before like the break. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> I think the mental break or that international break really – they were able to, you know, get away, reset, and I think that, you know, to Jeremy's point, I, I listened to that uh, to the podcast, um, the the recap podcast uh, today as well, and I, I I noted that noted that as well that um, clearly, you know, everybody has mental issues and some manifest themselves in other ways, and I think yeah, just getting a break um, and maybe getting away from that goddamn Frenchman. <gasps> Woo-hoo! Thank you, Zeller. <clears throat> Okay. I am validated. Let's, I am let's, valuable. Let's, let's, not go, let's not go that far. Uh, all right. Minnesota United FC 2. Uh, they had a game uh, was it last night, I believe. Um, yes. Against USA St- Cup's going on. St. Louis City uh, 2. And they lost that game 2-1. to one. Um, I didn't get a chance to go out and watch the game or, or spend much time <laughs> thinking about it. St. Louis really dominated a lot oh. of the game. Okay. Uh, I know, we, I know we, we saved a penalty um, at one point, so yeah, early they, in the game. They, the, the, the Toons look good. They, they looked young, fast. The way they attack is very, very much how you would want 
any soccer team, even the senior team, to attack in the way that they attack. They use their speed. They share the ball. But just a little bit off on some of those extra passes in the, in the attacking third. Or uh, there were a lot of times where it looked like St. Louis knew our strength was on the counter <laughs> and playing those quick, rapid passes. And so they would have like seven guys back. You know, they, they did not come up and press. They would drop back seven. We'd be attacking with our passes three to five players, and they'd have seven dudes back there. We, um, we went down to St. Louis City and beat them pretty bad uh, earlier in the season, too, so I think they kind of figured that out. So. Fired up. Uh, speaking of Loons, too, they acquired uh, Sagir Arce uh, on loan from Mazatlan. Uh, fuck Mazatlan. They stole my team from uh, Morelia. Um, <clears throat> he's an attacking mid from Kansas City. I believe he's like 20 years old. Uh, he has played for the U.S. under-17s uh, national team. Uh, so that'll be interesting. He's acquired on loan for, to, through the end of the year. So interesting, interesting move. Um, I, I wonder if the Minnesota United has an eye on the guy. Um, I can't imagine why they would bring him in without having some, you know, potential um, value to the, to the first team. Although I think with the, with the way this is acquired, he would have to be, uh, he'd have to be bought from uh, Mazatlan because it's a loan from Mazatlan to uh, Minnesota United FC2. So. All right, and then uh, we have the Tacoma Defiance. We're playing at Tacoma. Uh, that's Seattle's uh, second division, or, you know, MLS Next Pro team on Sunday, and they just beat the shit out of Timbers 2. I believe 8 to nothing was the final score. Whoa. So that, um, that is, uh, should be a tough, uh, tall order for Minnesota United. I know Fred Emmings, at least is, he's still been out. He has a concussion. I mean, I'm not sure if he'll be ready to go for the match on Sunday. Um, hopefully he is, because I, that I think will be a, a tough test for for the for the tunes. So, all right, MJ, let's move on to uh, one saloon. Oh, you don't want to talk about Benitez? Oh, we talked about him last week. Oh, okay, cool. He's uh, he's almost here. We haven't like not official. It's the team hasn't officially announced it yet. That should have probably happen sometime later this week, though. So okay, cool. Uh, so a longer one saloon. It, this is a going to be a. Ode to, to Damien Lowe. Once a loon, Damien Lowe. Speaking of Tacoma Defiance, uh, Damien Lowe at one time played for Seattle Sounders 2, which are now the Tacoma Defiance. In fact, uh, it w- he played for Seattle Sounders 2 in their inaugural year in the USL division and um, actually scored a goal for them. He played with people like Christian Roldan and Aaron Long, who's now with the New York Red Bulls. And... Who else was on that? Does, does anyone know the, the other former loon that, or current loon that's, that was on Seattle Sounders 2 in 2015? I'm sure I know his name, but not until Fellow you Fellow reggae boy, O'Neill Fisher. Oh, there you go. Was it? Anyway, so it, he, in 2016, he was loaned to Minnesota United in the NASL and uh, scored two goals for us. And for those two goals and for being the Damien Lowe we know and love, uh, he will always be once a loon. And then he went to the Tampa Bay Rowdies. Boo! <laughs> spent four years in the Norwegian League. Spent 2020 with uh, Phoenix Rising. And no, Dieter uh, Drogba had left in 2018, so he was not there. Uh, went to Egypt uh, with Al Ittihad uh, for two seasons. And then landed back in MLS uh, with this team called Inter Miami. And he goes down in the history books during Rivalry Week because it, at the Florida Derby... Jake Mulroney from, uh, well, he's from fucking Ireland, but, like, uh, he's o- Orlando City. 
he sends in a cross or a shot or a shoss. And young goalkeeper for Miami, Jake Callender, is trying to come out and, and, and save the ball. But he can't because Damian Lowe is looking at the net, then looking at the ball, and he's not seeing his goalkeeper. And so he tries to kick the ball. And he kicks the ball right into the net. <laughs> and so uh, here's to you, Damien Lowe, for going to the history books. You have the first stoppage time losing own goal in MLS history. Uh, I correct in, no? in, a one, in a one nothing game. In a one nothing game. Yes. Sorry. Yes. No, that's no. You, you're almost. You're like 99 percent there. But yeah. That's, no. It's, thank you. Thank you for qualifying. The only that, goal that's important. The, the only goal in a game uh, being a, the, a stoppage time own goal. Um, Damian Lowe, Jamaican international. Damian Lowe, by the way, uh, fellow once teammate, a loon. Damian Lowe, teammate with Kamar Lawrence and on the Jamaican national team. So, okay. Well, thank you, MJ. That uh, was long but worth it uh, at the end there. So it all came together. <laughs> all right. Well, when we come back, we're going to discuss Minneapolis City. Uh, Minnesota Aurora, and then we have a couple of uh, Minnesota United matches to preview, as well as some CONCACAF uh, W Championship in Mexico. So we will be right back. You want me to be that type of dude, and I want to be who you like me to, but we both know I can't do nothing at all. All right, and welcome back. Uh, now we have some lower league soccer to talk about. Let's start off with Minneapolis City, uh, and v- getting very close to the end of their of their season. Uh, it has not been a great season, honestly, for Minneapolis City. Some ups no. and downs. Um, they're still chasing that first ever USL uh, two win. <laughs> um, so they lost uh, midweek to the Thunder Bay Chill, uh, two to one. Uh, Thunder Bay got out early, quick with two early goals. Minneapolis City gets one back in, in uh, stoppage time, um, but that's not enough, and they fall to Thunder Bay 2-1. to one. Uh, And then across the, across the, the state, um, the NPSL team played the Dakota Fusion, and uh, much like the first match between these two teams, uh, City went up and ended up losing to the Dakota Fusion, this time 3-2, to two, as opposed to the 2-1 to one loss at the beginning of this, uh, towards the beginning of the season. So not a great Wednesday for Minneapolis City. Their NPSL team, though, does have some wins. They're, yeah, they're, they're currently in third place. They, I should point that play, out. You know, they're not going to win the division like they did the last three years. Um, that'll probably be Med City. But uh, they, the NPSL team has slowly improved. Correct. By results. And I would even say that the, the USL League 2 team has slowly improved, too, just not in the results <laughs> category. That's true. They had the, to be fair, the USL two team has looked has looked decent at times, um, especially at home. Um, I haven't watched many of the away games, but they have looked decent at home. Um, they just they have a kind of like Minnesota United in those first couple of years. They just have a couple of brain farts, yeah. and the other teams are capitalizing every right. single time, as opposed to like getting get, Minnesota getting or Minneapolis City getting a little bit lucky. I will point out um, on Saturday, <clears throat> City beat Joy Athletic. Uh, two to nothing in the, de- in the debut of their heritage waters, jer- the heritage jerseys, which were, I'm not going to lie. I'm a, I'm a little underwhelmed for what Minneapolis city can normally do, but they're yeah. blue with whites, with white sleeves. They, 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 they look classy, but not what I'm expecting from a Minneapolis city kid. Unfortunately, right. they're, so. they're very old school. They really are. They're, they're, yeah, they're like throwback old school. Yeah. Like, like, but, like seventies, eighties, like English soccer, kind of a German, you know, like, yeah, I haven't but, seen but they're yet. not the, the loud creative, graphic designs that we're yeah. used to hey change 
you know, variety is the spice of life. Variety fellas. is the spice of life. <clears throat> I will I will say this. Uh, uh, since Joy Athletic or Joy St. Louis Park, whatever they're called, since they came into the league uh, last year, you know, we went to St. Louis. I saw Park. those. Yep. Yeah, and, and we went there, and they said we they couldn't we couldn't use our megaphone. megaphone. But and then they we, just we won. Were like, oh yeah, that lady isn't Park. using one. <laughs> but then, then we lost when they came to Augsburg this year. <laughs> the first joy sweep, and and if there's anything to be joyful about, it's sweeping joy. Yes. Uh, so there are two more matches for the team on this Friday. The MPSL side goes to Wisconsin to play the Lacrosse Aries um, down in Lacrosse on probably what ten inch grass. <laughs> if you will, um, <laughs> they like to keep the grass very tall there. And then Ew. the USL the cows two have to chew on something. The USL two team uh, hosts St. Croix SC and their final opportunity to get a fucking win in the USL two. Um, it would be nice to beat our crosstown rivals. Yeah, lo- local um, rivalry. Come on, so, like let's do the Twin Cities Derby in the USL League Two. So let's do it. If you can get out Saturday night for the game, uh, definitely get over to Augsburg. Um, it's it's been you know, it's been an interesting. Let's let's say this. It's been an interesting way that they've ran both the teams with a sort of a, a bigger player pool and not I'm sure a lot was learned not I'm sure yes I'm 100% sure uh, Matt uh, coach Matt will um, will take the lessons from this match from this season and and they'll be they'll come out uh, all guns a blazing next year for sure so I'm and so I'm so excited to see how they improve in this in this tougher competition in this tougher league and I'll say the UPSL team won their like they you know they won the playoffs for their they came in second place they they didn't lose a game uh, they I think they only lost on or they was it was it by like points because they had an extra tie or something like that? So the the UPSL team, the futures played really really well. Yeah. Um, and, they've and, done everything. And they beat the team that did better than them in the standings yep. by like one one or two points. Yes, exactly. In, in, the, so, in the playoffs. So there's there's lots of really good talent in the in the pipeline for Minneapolis City. Um, so while we're used to Minneapolis City just dominating uh, teams, we um, still love you, City. Yes, we do. Oh, yes, we, we do. do. All right. <clears throat> now speaking of a team that's undefeated, Minnesota Aurora. Went to Green Bay. Obviously, as we mentioned uh, in the podcast on last week, that they had they knew that they were secure in their playoff uh, their playoff uh, positioning. Um, they're going to play in the eleven regardless of what happened. Uh, but uh, Minnesota Aurora, I, I'm pretty sure uh, Coach Nicole just didn't want to lose <laughs> at all. <laughs> yeah, no. Oh, who would? So um, Minnesota goes to Green Bay. They play their you know they play a, a, their normal starting eleven on no, Thursday. No, no, no. There were a couple changes. There was a few changes, but it's but it was a pretty strong lineup. Really strong things. lineup for for, for, that bo- first for both games actually. I mean, I think this, the Saturday game there's there's a little more rotation. Yeah. Um, Teeth um, got got her first start of the season and, and played 90 minutes, which was great. But Thursday, Green Bay. Glory zero, Minnesota Aurora FC two. Uh, MJ, you covered these games for Soda Soccer. Um, yeah, give us a little breakdown. Well, for that first game on on Thursday, there were so many corners in that first half, but no goals. I call it the octagon because there were eight corners and no goals. And the octagon. The, the best part about this in in the post game interview, Nicole Lukic says, well, "Yeah, well, we drew up a new corner kick play at halftime." And involved a short corner or a, a corner played on the pitch diagonally with a dummy run over. <laughs> and then a huge. I saw that, yeah. and, and even though the dummy run over did confuse the Green Bay Glory players a little bit and did open things up for that second person coming with their big boot, um, it was the deflection off of that that they scored. And Kenzie Langdock puts in this great uh, far post goal off, off, off the rebound. And so. 
even though the initial trickery didn't necessarily yield a, a goal, the end result is that that brand new play that they drew up, almost like in a Ted Lasso, like, okay, come at me, come at me with your trick plays, sort <laughs> yeah. of thing. Like, like they drew the, this up kind of like last minute, like, hey, we need something, and they got something. Sweet. And then uh, Saturday, there was a, it was an early game. It was an 11.30 kickoff, which is a little, little weird. Uh, but Minnesota Aurora again, they you know did some some, some rotation for this game as well. Taylor Kane and Net Sarah yep. Fuller did not start. Yep, and uh, they just beat the hell out of uh, Aurora or of Green Bay five to one. Uh, Nicole, Coach Nicole, came out with a three-five-two. What they haven't played since what, like mid-June? Right. Um, they they played once and not very successfully. They yeah. Not, when they when they played that, I believe in Caw Valley or sh- Chicago. Yeah, somewhere. Yeah. They when. When they last played the three five two, they did not look good. This time, they look good. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see. It's nice to have some some different looks for teams. I mean, yeah. um, so we'll just jump to it. Playoffs. Oh, and uh, Morgan Turner uh, got a hat trick in this match, and yeah. Uh, and yeah, our and, fu- and assisted Addie Simmons yep. in our fastest goal ever. Right, right? forty future forty second minutes and future uh, DDS. Uh, uh, Crystal Yiwa uh, scores a goal, and she, is, is she, her nickname really Teeth? I, I mean, it, it, it is for us, yeah, of course. For, for Ravonchlin, it's it's Teeth. So okay. um, Crystal Teeth Yiwa, yeah. So she Christelle, sorry, Christelle. yeah, sorry, that's right, yeah, it's Christelle, yeah, sorry about that. Um, so she looked really good, and it's just a testament to the team that they can have this kind of rotation, and and everybody's on the same page. Um, that's just a testament to all of the the front office and coaching staff of, of Minnesota War, who's been again. I, I put a tweet and and like a little bit of a mini Twitter thread. Um, over the weekend, just basically about how much fucking joy uh, Minnesota Aurora has brought me this year. So yeah. I just all the you know interesting, cool, interesting people. Um, so it's, it keeps, it's just gonna keep going. We play in the playoffs on Wednesday, uh, seven thirteen. This that's this coming Wednesday. We host Indy Eleven. Um, if we win that, we will host on Sunday, uh, the seventeenth, against either Morris Elite or the other really good team, McLean. McLean. Um, the only other team that's undefeated, so Indy 11's undefeated. I believe they're 10-0-2. We are 11-0-1. Um, we, yeah, so we drew that first game against Green Bay. Did not lose another game, drop any more points. Uh, Indy 11's 10-0-2, so we're playing them. And this is they set this up geographically. So they want to try and keep uh, the teams as geographically close as possible. And then, um, so the Indy 11's another. And then Miami, is it Miami FC or... Remember, there's, there's a Miami team that's also undefeated. Uh, I believe they're like 9-0-2 or something like that. So... I think it's pretty much set up. If Minnesota can win out, they're going to host, uh, you know, the game. They host the game on Wednesday, host the, the the semifinal on Sunday, the 17th, and then the final is on Saturday, the 23rd. Um, which more than likely, if Minnesota wins out, they'll probably host that as well. Um, so that's fantastic from Aurora, fantastic from the women, um, and for all the people um, who've been involved with that from the beginning, when it was just a, a thing on a on a cocktail napkin um, 18 months ago, you know. Imagine that they're yeah, hosting I mean, playoff and, matches. And you hanging out at Blackheart, David, you probably could speak more to like the conversations you, you had with Wes or that you overheard here. And I won't make you go, you know, do an investigative journalist piece here, but like like do you remember a- anything about like the kind of impetus or like the, the first uh, inspiration to like kind of get this women's team going? Uh, I mean, not really the first inspiration, just I knew I kind of had an idea that w- that it was happening just based on the conversations with yeah with Wes and just sitting at the bar watching well, watching soccer watching and Wes would ask questions or he'd throw bounce ideas or whatever and sometimes very um, sometimes very cryptic you know not really giving any you know any particular reasons until they, you know they officially announced um, 
so it's been it's been really cool. I, I mean, as a community owner myself, but also to kind of see a little bit behind the scenes. But again, you know, Wes is not involved in, in as much in the front office stuff as like you know more like merchandise and things like that. So like in terms of like on the field, um, coaching decisions, things like that. Like I, this is all like they're, they're, the way they're the style of play, the way they want to play. Um, other than Wes saying. We we get, we're signing someone pretty uh, massive, uh, which was about two days before the Sarah Fuller signing, you know. So like, yeah, yeah. Um, so not getting too, too much information in that regards, but it's just it's been fun to to be a part of it, and <clears throat> you know, however however I was, yeah, and I mean, you you look at the founders, and it, it's a it's a really fun, diverse mix of people, and and the male founders really did emphasize they wanted to, this to be women forward. And, and I'm not saying Wes has stepped completely in the background, but he's definitely let the women lead. And, you know, yeah. th- that's the way the club's gone. And it's been fun to watch. Yep. All right. So um, I'll be at the match on Wednesday. Uh, we're taking the bus from the Black Heart. And it's sold out. But I think if people re- let Wes know, he might be able to still be able to get a second bus. Or <clears throat> I'm not sure if, he, if, if they announced a second bus yet. So if you're trying to get out to the uh, Aurora the TCO Stadium. It's actually not if you're in St. Paul, it's not too far away, honestly. So, um, and again, I don't think tickets are quite sold out yet, but they will be before the game kicks off. So, if you try to go there on Wednesday, I don't think you're going to be able to get a ticket. So, uh, definitely get there. So, uh, all right, let's uh, let's quickly talk. Minnesota has two games this week, as I mentioned. Uh, Wednesday, they're playing the Sporks uh, against in, uh, in in Minnesota here at Allianz Field, and then on Saturday they host DC United. I don't want to spend a ton of time talking about either of these matches other than to say uh, Roger Espinoza had a hell of a strike uh, earlier this week, uh, or sorry, uh, last week. Um, but Kansas City's been really bad this year. They lost Alan Polito early on. Uh, Kiri Shelton has been a, a shell of his uh, former self. They're 13th in the Western Conference. Yeah, they got a win over the weekend, but they've been but they played really Ma- bad. inner Miami. Yeah, they've been... And that they didn't even score a goal on that one. That was uh, that was our our friend Damian Lowe. Uh, or no, that was again, that was in Orlando. That was that, that in Miami was uh, sorry, sorry, not Miami, Montreal. Montreal, yeah. Um, which is actually a pretty good team up in Montreal. So um, Peter Vermees always likes to, uh, for some reason, um, he gets off on beating yeah. Minnesota United. So what's uh, masturbating what's, us to death? Yeah, let's not um, let's not chalk this one up as a win quite yet. Sporting Kansas City always comes and plays Minnesota pretty tough. So. Um, however, I think Minnesota uh, has way too much firepower, especially now they're literally hit, you know, hitting on all cylinders. Um, Jess, how do you think this one ends up for Minnesota? Minnesota, 3-1. All right. MJ? Uh, Minnesota, 2 nothing. All right. I have a 1-1 one, one draw. So I think we come back to earth a little bit in this game. <clears throat> I really hope I'm wrong, um, but I think there's a, a good possibility that Minnesota uh, kind of overlooks Sporting Kansas City a little bit. Um, since they are not doing great right now. And then on Saturday, <clears throat> the 16th, D.C. United comes to town. Um, D.C. United, who just got shellacked by Philly 7 to nothing. Uh, you hear who, who their new manager is? I did. I saw that. Their uh, <clears throat> former Everton boy, uh, former Manchester Wayne, United. Wayne Rooney, yeah. <clears throat> uh, it was officially announced today, actually, as a matter of fact. Uh, he won't be able to be on the sideline because I think he still needs to get uh, work visas and things like that figured out. So he's technically still just a consultant right now. So their current manager, Chris, a- Chris Ashton, will be uh, on the sideline. DC United, again, is also not great. They are they're very bad right now as well. And that 7 nothing thrashing of by Philadelphia is, you know, just a symptom. 
of being really bad. <laughs> Philadelphia is also really good. That is true. Um, although we played them really well earlier in the season, so um, how good can they be? DC United is uh, also 13th in the Eastern Division. Well, there you go. So two home games against um, the 13th. 13th best teams in, in each of the conferences. Um, definitely sounds like it should be six points this weekend. But what do you have on it, Zeller? Uh, I got us beating DC United uh, three to three to nothing. I'll say three to one. I'm writing these down. <laughs> I'll, I'll say with um, you know, DC United has uh, Bill Hamid, who's been a, a pretty good goalkeeper um, for DC as well as for the U.S. Men's National Team in the in the past. Um, <clears throat> Ola Kamara. Uh, they lost Brad Smith recently um, to, I believe, an ACL tear. So he's one of their better defenders. I uh, say 2-1, Moon. 2-1. All right. Okay. So we got uh, – I got four points this week. Uh, Jess and MJ both have six points for Minnesota Weird. United. So Weird. Why am I so positive? There we go. Um, okay. Well, let's – before we wrap up, uh, some world soccer. The CONCACAF W Championship is happening in Mexico right now. Um, as a matter of fact, tonight after we record, Minnesota or sorry, U.S. Women's National Team is going to play Mexico. Um, again, these games are in Mexico. Mexico needs a result uh, in order to stay alive in this tournament. Um, and they're playing at home, and I mean, they shouldn't be doing poorly. Yeah, they got uh, smoked by Jamaica and Haiti. Uh, so <clears throat> on Thursday, U.S. Women's National Team beat Jamaica five to nothing. This game was over about eight minutes in. Um, Sophie Smith had uh, two oh, absolutely yeah. gorgeous goals, including one off the outside of her boots. <clears throat> she's so good. Which uh, she said, I, I was reading some quotes afterwards that she said she's never actually got a chance to do in the game, but she practices it. Like she practices hitting it on the outside of her boot uh, and never had an opportunity where it actually popped up like it did. So, so yeah, she's been, she's fantastic um, and playing really well. She's only 21 too. She's so young. Uh, Alex Morgan and Megan Rapino didn't even uh, suit up for this game against Jamaica. So now, yes, they play Mexico tonight, Monday. Um, U.S. has already qualified for the 2023 World Cup. They are in the semifinals. The semifinal uh, will take place on Thursday. Um, They'll either play at 6 or 9. My guess is probably 9 if Mexico doesn't uh, qualify for the second second, uh, semifinal spot. And then the final slash third place games take place on next Monday, the 18th, actually. Um, The winner... So this is how this works. So CONCACAF is doing a little, something a little different with their, their championships uh, for the for Olympics and uh, U23 World Cup qualifying, as well as the Olympics for the women and women's World Cup qualifying. Um, the top uh, two teams in each of the two uh, uh, groups qualify for the World Cup in 2023 in Australia and New Zealand. And then the winner of the tournament qualifies directly to the... Uh, Olympics in 2024 in Paris and then the second and third place teams will play a, a one-off qualifying match for the second CONCACAF spot uh, for the 2024 Olympics so U.S. has a couple opportunities if they win this tournament they automatically qualify for for, for Paris if they come in second or third they'll have to play in a one-off playoff in order to qualify for the uh, 2024 Paris Olympics so and hopefully as we're used to our women doing they'll qualify for everything I mean the the they just have to get through uh, Canada, basically, uh, in the yeah, final. Well, yeah, and <laughs> which they're Canada, good. Canada, they're, Canada, they're just, good. Canada just won a uh, Olympic gold, so they are they are tough. So, yeah. um, anything in the other uh, world stuff? I know 
Uh, women's Euros is happening right now. Um, England just beat the shit out of Norway, Norway. today, eight to nothing. Um, pretty much. Did you see how the Netherlands game went last week? I think it was two two. Is it either one one or two two? Both games in both matches in that group were draws. Yeah, I think they're they're in Group C, I believe. Um, it's pretty much going. It's pretty much chalk right now. Uh, Spain, Portugal, um, or sorry, Portugal and uh, not. Was it Spain? No, Portugal and Switzerland ended at a 2-2 draw on Saturday. Um, that was a, interesting because Portugal only qualified because Russia was kicked out of the tournament because of, uh, you know, that little war thing that they're doing. Um, yeah. So, so fuck Portugal... Pu- fuck Putin. Portugal had about a, a, had about a 10 weeks to, uh, to get ready for the tournament when they did not think they were going to be playing in it. So, anyways, if you get a chance, uh, all the Women's Euro stuff is on ESPN, on ESPN2. Um you know midday games because that's obviously you know they're in uh they're in england playing the, in the tournament i believe england their opening game played in front of sixty-eight thousand people um which is fantastic for um a reg any soccer game but specifically a women's soccer game um unfortunately there's one one stadium that women are playing in where there's only like 4200 seats which is kind of bullshit <laughs> um considering like they're selling out every other every other match at like forty-five thousand, twenty-three thousand, sixty-eight thousand at Wembley. Like, kind of bullshit that they they're playing in like a forty-five hundred seat stadium. So, for for a couple of the matches, all the all the I think the big big matches are at uh, Amex, the Amex uh, Stadium, and then uh, Wembley for the final. So they'll get big crowds. All right, any anything else soccer related wise we need to we need to discuss, guys? Or nor we, otherwise. Nor otherwise. Okay. Go All right. team. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you, everybody. Uh, again, if you have any questions for Pablo Campos, um, let us know. Or want something autographed and, or just fan <laughs> uh, yourself. Again, we'll be, we'll be uh, doing the interview um, at 6 p.m. tomorrow. I'm not sure if, you, if we want to stick around for all of our Minnesota United talk. We may just get Pablo and get him out of for here. Part one. Um, yeah. so. part one is Pablo. <laughs> Pablo equals part one. Right. So uh, please rate and review the podcast wherever you get it. Um, patreon.com slash the Dave's I know at TDIKMN on Twitter. Again, if you have questions for Pablo and you can't make it, he wants to ask. And if you really want Jess to ask, uh, you can email or you can text or uh, tweet at Jess at Jessica 1440839 I'm at Texas Zeller. Uh, MJ is at MJ Matsui. We've been the Dave's you know. This, this is, is the Dave's. I know. We have got to try and work it. As you do yours, land here become fecund. Yeah, uh, we, we yeah. do our thing, son. Through the act, we attract two, hope to reach one. Uh, we, yeah. we, we do our thing, do it. Do it. We do our thing, son. Some will paint a piece, some will spray with a machine gun. It's mad work to be done. We, we, we do our thing, son.